Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, not bad. I am, uh, yeah, good. I'm trying, <laughs> trying to woosaw myself into uh, into a more calm space. This is a safe room I'm in, so yeah, <laughs> I feel like I might need some mesh netting <laughs> or something. Uh, as you as you know, I'm I'm for whatever reason. I think it's just my curiosity of. Different things. I'm not saying this is a cult. I'm just saying I enjoy watching docu-series about cults and about different, even about religions and just different things and trying and just learning the hows and whys behind things. So I'm watching. So with that being said, I'm watching the HBO docu-series about QAnon and I'm hating myself every time I decided to play in the entire time watching it. Because as I texted you uh week or two ago i don't know what's dumber the people that are in this or me for watching it and right now as the series is wrapping up i'm beginning to think it's going to probably wind up being me i don't know it it is fascinating it is fascinating i'm not gonna discount that and i have nothing against the people that believe it i mean you know you do you but for me it's just it's it's pretty. It's interesting and fascinating, and makes me hate technology sometimes. <laughs> but you know, but it is it is a fascinating look, for sure. Other than that, yeah, no, it, it does tend to put me in a little bit of a, I would say a rage, but it puts me in a <laughs> in a not very fun frame of mind. Gotcha. Because I get frustrated with it. Um, but anyways, I. I you know, everything's been going well. Had a good Easter. Took the kid. I don't even remember where we went. Oh, we went to, we did a mini golf and batting cages yesterday. So kids found some eggs with candy in the house on, on the, what we're doing, leaving food around the house. But here we are. <laughs> the dog's apparently worthless because a big giant bunny comes in and Drop. drops eggs. I still haven't figured that one out. I don't because rabbits don't lay eggs and it's just really weird. Yeah. Much less bunnies. Yeah, I don't yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. But meanwhile but meanwhile a speck of grass starts floating across the yard, my dog starts barking at it. Like, <laughs> that's what you pay attention to? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, bruh, where have you been? Yeah. Uh, it, it is pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, that's but we're doing good here. We're doing good. Um, Areas back at their respective schools doing their thing. Um, yeah. So, a very fairly chill week yep. um, at work, and you know, just weather-wise, it was. It's been kind of nice for the most part. Um, so yeah, just take it. Yeah, it's pretty good on this end. Not much in the way of activity. Or action or anything. Yeah. Um, as far as where I work, it's, it was a better week. Maybe Good. had one day where kind of, you know, had to remind people a little how visitation works. And, yeah. You know, that, that happens every once in a while. 
um, got a call from a family member, like a cousin or aunt of my dad's, mm-hmm. basically, you know, saying, hey, we're trying to do our best to help him out, but you got to come down here and do stuff. <laughs> so, gotcha. yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out when I'm going to be able to do that. Just, you know. Right. Yeah. Because um, they feel like he should have went to rehab. Yeah. And he didn't want to go where he was going to go. And yeah. so now they're having to pitch in and everybody's not, they're not spring chickens. So. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, you know, and all this stuff going on and I hate to go down there and then maybe I have, you know, carrying it and then he gets it and then, you yeah. know, just got those concerns. But. I talked to him. He's he's all right. He's just stubborn, like me. I'm stubborn too. So. <laughs> I think yeah. ever. I, I honestly firmly believe that. I think everybody is stubborn. Yeah. My grandfather was the nicest person in the world. I mean, gave his shirt off his back, do all these things. But I tell you what, bro is stubborn as all get. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even talking about like when he was, you know, in his later years. You know, I've heard story. I've heard stories that you know, once it's his mind set on something, you know, and don't get up trying to change it. So, right. He uh, he would do that too, and <laughs> and you know that just kind of passed down through the family. My mom's stubborn. I'm I know I'm stubborn, but I'm not stubborn about a lot of things. It's one of those like if I know I'm right, I will fight you tooth and nail about yeah. it. Otherwise, I will probably just let it go. Right. Uh, and I thought about this yesterday, or the day before. No, Saturday. I legit, and it wasn't even really a fight per se, nor is it ever really a fight. But it is definitely a disagreement that my wife and I get into from time to time. And it's over, just like when um, my brother and I used to fight. We didn't really fight. We argued, and it yeah. was usually about sports, and it usually was about Shaq. My brother thought he was one of the best players of all time. I'm like, but bro can't hit a free throw. I was like, obviously he should be scoring. He's like eight feet tall. Yeah. He's at the net. Why? Yes, he should be scoring a bunch of points. Yeah. But he should also be a well a well rounded player. And bro can't hit a free throw. And all he should really have to do is sneeze, and it's in there. True. Just a so, flick of the wrist. <laughs> that that argument would then actually start a national fight, and then and it'd be over the dumbest shit. I mean, yeah. I guess most sibling fights usually are. I don't know. Yeah. So my wife and I tend to argue about because of how, and I'm not 80, you know, I'm not OCD in the fact that everything has to be in a certain place, neat, tidy, all that stuff. Trust me, anybody that's seen our house will know that. <laughs> I do my best, but it's, you know, kids. Yeah. Um, however, I do like to be organized. And I, one of the things after, you know, when smartphones came out, I was, big on making sure everything's up to date i don't like having the little red number on my iphone so and you know i don't really do notifications because i don't i i can't i don't need that much junk on my you know pop it up on my phone yeah but it you know but if an app needs to be i check routinely at least every other day to see what apps need to be updated you know and then update them my phone my laptop, basically any of my devices, they need. I check routinely to see if they need to be updated, and uh, and I don't mean routinely like daily, but I mean at least once a week, you know, just whatever. Or if it pops up, I update it immediately because I help. I believe that it helps fix the bugs that are going out, and then it also, you know, they 
it's for the security of the of their devices right so if anybody's trying to hack into something trying to find a loophole apple's either already found it you know their engineers or whatever the computer nerds have found it so they found something to fix it so i believe that's to help make your phone run more smoothly and to be more secure ruth believes that in not updating her phone she doesn't believe in updating her phone or her apps or anything because it makes the phone run slower. I go, <clears throat> well, no, it actually has the opposite effect and makes your phone phone run better because it's working properly. Yeah. Anyways, this is a legit argument we get into, and that's t- <laughs> and I finally just end up either walking away or just, or I go, okay, and I just <laughs> and just end yeah. the conversation and try and switch to something else. Because I realized neither one of us are getting through to the other. <clears throat> so I just let her do her thing with her phone and her laptop. And then when she says it's not working, I said, well, you already know what I'm going to say. So I'm not going to say it. Right. I said, but that's probably what needs to be done. Yeah. But I'm not like, going to say it. Like usually when my phone starts acting funny, that's the first thing I check. I'll do the, I'll go to, because I don't, I don't, I even though I have it set to automatically update, sometimes it doesn't. And I'll just go to the, like the phone for updates there, and then I'll click it. And it'll say, oh, we got a new update. So I'm like, all right. Then I do it, and everything's fine. The only thing I don't like, like my laptop is Windows. So it seems like all their updates have the reverse effect sometimes. Causes crashes and everything. Yeah, yeah, and I'm no. just like, uh, so when I see updates, I don't really want to do it. Yeah. But, um, but um, yeah, like it happened over the weekend. I updated it. Then I was trying to restart it. Then it had a blue screen, like, oh, something, some error happened. So I had to look up online on how to remove the update and then just kind of go from there. So Until they work out a patch for it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But I update the kids' phones. <laughs> like, every time York comes over, I check. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's see what needs to be updated. Yeah. You know, I, and, you know, I'll even set mine. Like, I'll I'll hit update right before I go to bed. Yeah. That way it's done by the time I wake up. I mean, you don't want to mess with it when you're up. Just wait till you're, sure. you're getting ready to go to bed and then just update it. I, mean, it's done with, sure. I do that with my phone a lot. So yeah, And it's rare that if an update does something, but even then they have a quick fix for it later. You know, yeah, because they realize that everybody else's devices are, you know, yeah. same thing. So, oops. <laughs> All right. <laughs> get past that <laughs> i don't even know how i got there and i'm afraid to find out um <laughs> so yeah so a couple things we had going on this week too we had a new upper new episode of falcon and winter soldier mm-hmm. which um was good because they brought you know they zemo finally decided to make not decided they finally got him on screen so, yeah. which is good because he's, I guess, as advertised, is supposed to be the villain. Well, I'd say maybe anti-hero or at this he's someone. Point, he's kind of in the middle right now. In, at this point in the story, yes, anti-hero. Yeah. Uh, there, there's so much that went on. Uh, there's one character that shows up that is, you know, has been i guess a hero in the past and i'm wondering if it's now going to wind up being a villain got jaded and stuff and then uh, yeah. i'm curious i'm curious how that's or if they just want you to think that 
I don't know. I'm curious about that. Um, I think the relationship between Sam and Bucky are, is great. I mean, I just, I, I love the, you know, kind of the oil and vinegar or oil and water, whatever the hell, it, whatever the hell that analogy is. Anyways, yeah. the budding heads one, but yet they still, like, they respect each other, but they just have different ways of doing things. And they're, they're pretty much like bickering siblings. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, and uh, a meme I saw last night was uh, from what was that Civil War when when they were in the uh, in the car together says can you move the seat up and the other one says no. Yeah. So in this episode they have that come back and then the roles are reversed. <laughs> You're not going to move the seat up, are you? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot about that. But Attention I the detail. That's, that's yeah that's great writing on that's just you know amazing writing to put in those kind of easter eggs in there yeah and they're just throughout the movie it's just, it's just or, I mean, throughout the series I'd like to see who's been paying attention since this right. all started <laughs> yeah and i feel like i need to go rewatch it which is why i hope you know york will want to finally sit down and watch it yeah because the series is really good and i still think that first fight sequence in the first episode is one of the best. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. In a while. It's, yeah, it's really good. It felt like something you should see on the big screen, but it was a TV show. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> TV don't work. Well, like they said, these, these shows have big Hollywood budgets, so. Yeah. I'm like, alright. And they showed it. Yeah. <laughs> They're showing it. Yes. Indeed they are. Um, yeah. So I'm 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 definitely enjoying it. I'm just curious. I'm just curious by the end of the sixth, since we're now halfway through the series or you know the season. Hopefully not series. Hopefully just season. Yeah. We're halfway through the season that it's just not going to end. You know, it's not going to just be like a series of ends and it just ends. It's going to yeah. be we up some sort of climactic battle, some you know big brouhaha, and then. I think you know, kind of. I mean, it's going to weave on a cliffhanger. I mean, it's going to yeah. end because that's it has to because that's yeah. more. And then we kind of know at least one of the possible battles toward the end that we'll see. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily what you see; it's that undercurrent of what's going yes. on. You know, if it doesn't lead to a season two, if maybe a, like maybe a movie, like a full scale movie, yeah. you know, could do that. But right now, I think Marvel's hitting it out the park with their TV shows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Um then last night um was the Screen Actors Guild Awards uh that I watched. It was an hour long. It's on TBS and or TNT. Um your choice, I guess. And it was just it was from eight to nine PM and that was it. One hour. Which goes to prove that most award shows can be done in an hour. <laughs> yeah, don't need all the fluff. <laughs> yes, we don't need all that extra nonsense. Don't even need a host because it just went from category to category, and then it took small breaks to uh, have actors and uh, talk about things they've been watching that they've been enjoying for the past year. Yeah. So what we in <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah, I don't watch it. That's fine. I barely remembered my damn self. Um, but yeah, so I got 8 out of 15, so 53%. However, for movies, I got 3 out of 5. 
So that's actually okay. pretty good. Yeah. So that's passing ish. Um, cast in a motion. Uh, best cast in a motion picture at the trial of Chicago 7 1. So I was happy about that. I think as an overall cast, it's my most favorite. Let's put it that way. Uh, One Night in Miami would have been a very, very close second. Um, I still just think that, that the five buds is good, but not great. If that makes yeah. Um, it's not one I really want to rewatch. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom again. The cast is good, but a couple of them shine more than like the actors themselves are better separately than together. I guess you know, yeah. like Chadwick, like Chadwick Boseman was phenomenal. Viola Davis, phenomenal. Everybody else was good, but, you know, yeah. not enough to make me think they deserve a, the best cast. Uh, Minari, still haven't seen yet, so I can't make an opinion on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Trial of Chicago 7, I was very happy uh, that they won for best cast. Uh, best male actor, Chadwick Boseman. Um, female actor, Viola Davis. Uh, male actor... Uh, supporting actor Daniel Kaluuya and best female actor uh, Yu Zhang Yoon from Minari. So that was kind of a surprise to everybody, including her. Yeah. <laughs> she, she didn't, and because she spoke very little English, she was having to, she's doing her best to try to give a, uh, a victory speech, and it caught her off guard because she also didn't know that she really didn't think she was going to win. Yeah. Um, so that was really sweet and really cool. Viola, and I texted you. I said when Viola Davis won, she about fell out of her couch, like done fell out, <laughs> like arms went up and everything, and about fell yeah. back and about fell off the couch. I was about to, I was starting to laugh, <laughs> but yeah, that was that was pretty cool. <clears throat> and then for TV, uh, The Crown won for best ensemble drama. Uh, Shit's Creek won for. Best Ensemble Comedy. Jason Bateman won for Best uh, Male Actor Drama. Jillian Anderson won Best Female Actor Drama for The Crown. Uh, Jason Sudeikis won for Ted Lasso for Best Male Actor Comedy. Catherine O'Hara won for Schitt's Creek for Best uh, Female Female Actor Comedy. Uh, Best Male Actor TV Movie Limited Series with Mark Ruffalo for I Know This Much Is True. Best Female Actor uh, TV Movie Limited Series was uh, Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit. Best Ensemble, uh, Stunt Ensemble Comedy comedy or Drama was The Mandalorian. And then Best Stunt Ensemble Motion Picture or, or Motion Picture was Wonder Woman 1984. So yeah, so that happened. <laughs> so uh, I guess I, I I guess I need to put that up with my total. So actually I'm I'm three for six. I'm at fifty percent even there because that should go up there, and I got that one wrong because okay. I picked Mulan, who probably should have actually won. Yeah, because the stunts in that were far better than the ones in WW84. So not saying that the Wonder Woman ones weren't good. They were good, but they weren't great. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know. I guess they feel sorry for it, maybe. I don't know. 
I think they're just going to end up. <laughs> it was like, no, no, don't do that. You're just going to encourage them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was the SAG Awards. Um, this weekend will be the the BAFTA Awards, the British Arts Film Television Awards. So that'll be this weekend, I think Sunday, on the BBC Network. So, yeah, that... I was cool with all the awards, even though I didn't pick a lot of the right ones, but that's okay. I'm cool with that. Um, I was just happy Sudeikis went for Ted Lasso, because... I really think he's amazing in it, and more people should be watching it. Um, yeah, any of the movie ones, I'm not upset about at all. I, I, all were deserved, other than the Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> um, maybe not so much. But what you going to do? Yeah. Um, oh, uh, not really to kind of get into, because I'm not really going to talk about it much, but like I was saying last week, I was kind of, Talking about how I was going to start watching some of like the short films and the and the documentaries and stuff like that. Um, I didn't actually find a lot of them yet, um, other than uh, the short film one uh, for animated Burrow is on Disney Plus. And um, if anything happens, I love you is on Netflix, and I did actually watch that. That one is tragic <laughs> it's very it's so well done it's like 12 minutes long you just follow it basically plays in revert in like rewind i guess is good you know backtracks so you're not watching to go you're not watching the start a story from the beginning to the end you're watching the story from the end to the beginning and it's it's pretty amazing i don't want to talk too much about it because i feel like i may give it away but it's just about this couple's relationship and why they have moved apart, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, drifted apart uh, from each other. And, yeah, it's there at the end. It's kind of heartbreaking. I ain't going to lie. Um, but it's so well done. And it's on Netflix and everybody should watch it, especially because it's only like 12 minutes of your time. Um, okay. Also on Netflix that I watched... Uh, best live action documentary short, a love song for Latasha. Uh, it's also like eleven or twelve minutes. It's not very long. Um, basically, they took some old footage, or what looked like old footage, but it could have been new. For, I don't even know. It's done very well. That's why I couldn't tell if it was. Um, let's see here. Yeah, it's documentary short subject. Okay. Um, I thought it was just maybe one of those best short film live action instead of right. and just done like a documentary. No. So they took old footage of uh, of this girl, Latasha, this young girl, who was um, shot and killed inside of a grocery market by the owner um, who thought she was stealing, even though she was holding the money in her hands. And the story is told through her friends and family mm-hmm. about the uh, about the incident, and it is it is so good. It was it's another one that's kind of hard to watch, maybe a little hard to watch, um, just because of the subject matter. But 
but it's also very important to watch too yeah. just to um, get an understanding how people's biases um, and their fears play a part in in some of uh, some some of these shootings mm-hmm. even if it's mistaken but it's still something that I think needs should be addressed and you know that's kind of what they're trying to get out and i think it does a really good job kind of addressing that and educating people on things so uh that's a love song for latasha on netflix for like 12 minutes all right and then i'll keep keep going and trying to get everybody updated on the rest as we go here in the next couple weeks all right, let's get into our feature. You had the honors. Ooh. Godzilla versus Kong. And that's kind of why I wanted you to start, because I would definitely say Kong first. I've done it every other time, so I'm like, yeah. I'm going to let him do it, because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to screw it up. Oh, I had to correct myself several times. <laughs> you know, like, just, just in general, just in general. But um, luckily, I have it written down, so... <laughs> I'm staring at the picture behind you, and I'm like, still going to yeah. butcher it. <laughs> uh, obviously, this came out recently, uh, last Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. It's available on HBO Max, also theaters, uh, which this, I almost almost went ahead and wanted to go see it. But with Aubrey Mills being the only Regal Theater open right now, as far as Regal. Yeah. And, you know, because I was going to use my Unlimited and yeah. so I tried to look at seats and like they already have some social distancing seats spaced out. And then when somebody buys a seat, it just takes up a lot of. So I was like, you know, I'm going to wait till there's more available and do it gotcha. that way. But um, uh, the runtime is an hour and 53 minutes directed by Adam Wingard. And we have a nice, nice little ensemble cast here. We got Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Millie Bobby Brown. I was watching a review. Somebody was like, this is Millie Rock Bobby Brown. Millie Robbie <laughs> like, Bobby Brown. Oh. Millie, Millie Rock. <laughs> oh. But um, we got uh, Rebecca Hall, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Sean Aguri, Issa Gonzalez, Julian Dennison, Lance Reddick, Kyle Chandler, uh, Demian Bashir, Kaylee uh, Hoddle. And, you know, it's kind of like a combination of Godzilla and King Kong cast or, you know, merging of universes, so to speak. And all I wrote down for, like, the about is big monsters fight. <laughs> um, but it's a battle between two titans. <laughs> and then you got a sprinkle of uh, human angst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, of course, with these movies, they do focus more on humans, even though all we want to see is the the big monsters battle, you know, yeah. but, but it just kind of comes with it. Um, so we kind of open up with Kong on Skull Island and, you know, he's, he's in this containment unit made to look like Skull Island, though he knows it's BS. It's like a Truman Show type deal. Right. Um, takes up a tree, makes a spear out of it, throws it at the sun and He's, you know, he knows it's fake. He's like, what you doing? I yeah. know it's fake. But on the outside, it's just chaos and storms and everything. But basically, 
basically they're trying to keep him hidden because they know if he's out there, uh, Godzilla will track him and find him, and then they'll have to battle. And for some reason, they feel like they're protective of him, even though you know Kong yeah. can take care of himself. <laughs> um, so there's a corporation called Apex that's working on some, you know, some stuff, and Godzilla happens to show up on the coast of Pensacola, Florida. And pretty much lays waste to it, and thus changing his perspective, the perspective that the public have on him. Like you know, he's supposed to be like the the hero of the of the world, but now everybody's you know kind of like how celebrities are. You know, the, the media makes them, then they also can destroy them. <laughs> so everybody's right. like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong with Godzilla? Um, but yeah, it's. I guess you can say it's kind of light. Like the story's not really all that strong, so to speak. But yeah. Everything pretty much happens to get these two together to fight. And I saw all kind of posts like, who you got? Godzilla or Kong? Yeah. You know, I love Godzilla. I like Godzilla. You know, <laughs> that's, but everybody was like, oh, King Kong's going to win. Um, but um, I, I was sitting there like, you know, WB kind of owns both. So you can't, I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to let either one of them kind of have a decisive. Yeah, obviously it's going to be a tie. That's, yeah, and anyway, it, it played out. It played. It played out pretty much like I thought it would. Yeah. You know, like if, if you've ever talked to her, asked me about it, it pretty much went the, the way I felt it would. Yeah. And uh, which was cool, which was good. You know, I loved every moment of it. I just wish they'd spent less time with the humans. But well, yeah. and so my thing is, I don't think they spent. I think they spent probably just enough. Maybe there's. Excuse me. There's a couple of scenes I think I was even like, I was like, well, they probably could have left this part out. This part seems yeah. a little. I don't see how this part's moving the plot forward, other than it's not really moving the plot forward. However, they're probably saving a shit ton of money on on CGI. <laughs> um, but I didn't. You know, there's a few scenes I probably could have been would have been fine leaving out. I I really enjoyed it. Um. Oh, by the way, we this was our family movie night movie uh, okay. this week. Everybody loved it in the house. Um, Grayson enjoyed it. There were only a couple of parts she kind of didn't really like a whole lot. But other than that, she enjoyed it. York uh, really liked it. He even referred to uh, when the first fight occurred between the two. <laughs> he even referred to uh, Kong waiting for Kong to B-slap him. Beast Life Godzilla. <laughs> I looked at him like, I don't think you know what that means. I really hope you don't know what that means. He actually but said think... it. He didn't say Beast Slap. He actually oh, said he, it. No, he said Beast Slap. Oh, okay, okay. Well, he said Beast Slap. Yeah. He yeah. said Beast Slap. So I'm like, that's why I'm like, I don't know if you don't know or if you do know and you're just trying to be cautious. Either which way, I'm concerned on whether or not I should let you be able to say that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but. You know, then Kong ended up, and then Kong went and did it, and then, and then I hear Rich like, "See, it's like, oh, that's how you beat slap someone." And I'm like, I don't like that. Now she's just encouraging it. Oh Jesus, uh. <laughs> it was something, but, but no, it was fun. Everybody liked it. Um, yeah, everybody had fun. Ruth even made the comment that you know, there's no way we can, there's no way we can go to the movies anytime soon. We don't. It's like we won't know how to act. Because yeah. you've been used to watching movies at home. 
just talking to yeah. him. And I'm like, True. y'all might not be able to know how to act, but I'm taking my ass back, though. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm, I said, I don't know about you guys, but I'll go to a late show, and they got this shit in 40X. I may even do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what but, I was spying. I'm like, man, because they had like a 12 o'clock and 1250 40X. Yeah. I'm like, uh, but I'm just going to give it some time, a little bit of time. Yeah. Maybe maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll, you know, once that movie kind of, you know, the interest kind of, Right, dies down a bit. But, yeah, um, I'm. I was like, heck yeah, but yeah, it. And yeah, I I liked, I liked how they kind of merged the two. I don't want to say franchises, but essentially, but they merged the two casts. They didn't start off yeah. with a fresh cast, you no. know, for this movie. So this is the. So the film takes place five years after Godzilla: King of Monsters. And 51 years after Kong Skull Island, which took place in 1973. So, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, It's the first film in 59 years to feature both King Kong and Godzilla after King Kong versus Godzilla from 1963. I do like how they incorporated a... How they incorporated a deaf person, uh, a deaf child... uh, from the island to basically be Kong's best BFF, you know? And, uh, so, you know, the only way she can communicate is through sign language. She can, I don't know, I guess she's got the whole daredevil, you know, she can touch something and feel vibrations and know exactly what it is. That was a bit off, but I was like, all right. She's the Kong whisperer. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) She sure was, but it, yeah, and I already kind of knew the spoiler of the movie because of the Funko pop figures that got released. So I was like, "Well, damn, that's kind of a douchey thing yeah. to kind of do." You might want to wait till after the yeah. movie's released before releasing the. They picture. always do uh, that. I was like, they're trying oh, to get the money. Yeah, agreed. Well, see, agreed they did that for. But here's the thing, though, they didn't. They didn't pull that nonsense whenever um, during one division. Yeah. When they, because uh, they ended up coming out with, you know, releasing the uh, the twins, and mm-hmm. and uh, Pietro from that show, like they released that, but they waited till after the movie or after the episode, prem- yeah. you know, premiered. They didn't do that with this. I'm like, they would have been a lot or cool. whoever would have been a lot cooler. They, but that's all right. WB probably said, just push it out there. Just go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> I was so annoyed. So then, but at the same time, I was like, well, maybe it won't actually be in here, and it'll just be something they'll just put with the line. And then, nah. yeah, when but, I saw it, I'm like, yep. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what it was going to be, but I'm like, I knew something yeah, was going to be. Yeah, yeah, I knew, I knew there had to be some kind of common ground here, and I started getting like Batman v Superman vibes. I'm like, you know, Godzilla's doing this stuff. He's like, hey, Kong, we need to work together, but we just keep fighting. But they did, you know. That's what I kept thinking of, just like, like they kind of looked, took some elements from that and incorporated with them. Right. But it just, they just kind of did it through action, of course, because they can't talk. But, um, yeah, it's, I just, I, the whole time I was watching, I was like, man, I should have went to the movies. I should have just, just like double, triple masked or whatever and just went. Because <laughs> I don't need to eat anything. I can sit there with my mask yeah. on and not take it off till I'm done. Um just 
because it's definitely something if you're if you're if you're wanting to go see it in the theater it'll just it'll add to it because you'll get to see the full scale of both kong and godzilla they actually did great as far as scale compared to buildings yes. and ship i'm just like oh. <laughs> yeah it was awesome so the the only thing i didn't like that if i were in a theater wouldn't make a damn bit of difference was at least when i when we watched it in our living room the music was god awful overwhelming and then yeah. you could, and so we'd have to turn the volume down but then you hear someone start talking gotta turn the damn thing back up and then yeah. music starts swelling up again and i had to turn the volume back like i was playing up and down with the volume and in a theater i mean you just go with it but i think that was it was slightly distracting in the sense that obviously i was going to have to up and down with the volume um yeah. in a theater it wouldn't be as big of an issue but when you're at home especially when you're at home watching it for the first time it could be a little distracting so for those that are planning on watching it that haven't watched it yet um kind of keep that in mind especially if some people in your house um I don't uh, have problems with, I don't want to say loud noises, but you know what I mean, like auditory. You know, if it produces yeah. anxiety, extra sensitive, yeah. yeah, extra sensitive to noise, then kind of keep that in mind because this movie will probably do that with the music swells and then, like, even worse than the Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something I know. But yeah, it, but overall, it was highly entertaining. It's exactly what you want. Nothing Just more. Right. Yeah, it's the perfect, you know, big dumb monsters fighting. And during the daylight, too. That's the best part. Yeah. No, yeah, they didn't think a lot of shit of fighting in the fighting only at nighttime. Yeah. Um, Make it easier on the special effects. And then, you know, Kong, they kind of made him like the the heart of the story and yeah that's why Godzilla I kept was Kong with... first I want because he's kind of the hero but he's not a hero yeah. and then but they gave Godzilla him character was... development true and then Godzilla's more like this brooding force like uh you know just yeah made fight I'm just going through just because like in the thing. um <laughs> oh what was it um I don't know which Godzilla it was I think it might have been the 2014 one when he was in the water and he actually went under the ship and yeah. went around it. And this one, no, nah, he went right through it. Like, whatever. Through it. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. <laughs> You're in my way. <laughs> I got to get to Kong. <laughs> He's up to something. And then, you know, I had a couple of good little moments where it's like, you know, toward the end, he, he looks at him like, okay, I guess you're not the problem. There's something right. else going on. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> like, are you going? Kind of be like how I have to do with Grayson. Do you need to go take a minute? Do you need to go meditate? <laughs> It's not right. me, bro. <laughs> it's like, all right. <laughs> Figure out what's really going on. Yeah. Fine. Big girl and not oh. problem. Um, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this will be spoiled, but just something that they discovered where they sent Kong to, would that be too much to talk about? I don't think so. It's the, what do they call it? Hollow Earth? Hollow Earth, Middle Earth, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, where like the <laughs> gravity's inverted. Yeah, and, you, it's uh, kind of like the old Winnie Tunes, you know, whenever yeah. they dig to China and they pop up on, you know, upside down and then it flips over. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of, at least. Yeah, I thought it was cool because, like, you know, he, he runs through. 
and and then he actually inverts like yeah it's like up is up down is down you know it's yeah. just, it's flip flopping just whatever you want to do it's you can do do whatever basically yeah. um yeah it was just nice I, I I love it I got I'll pick it up when it come out yeah well I guarantee there's gonna be more Easter egg I'm guaranteeing there's more Easter eggs in this movie yeah than I would even know because I don't I'm not as I guess um well versed in the uh definitely not in the godzilla ones because i've only seen a couple but i'm sure there were like a crap ton of oh yeah easter eggs there that i just don't realize because because they are of the same you know universe you know cinematic universe at least that they're all you know that there were godzilla ones left and right even when it was kong you know discovering things or you know swooping around um, yeah. It's just stuff that I'm not aware of, and I should have gotten. And if and if I were a good co-host, I would have gotten. Um, I would have made more of an effort to try and get uh, Ruth's brother uh, Ken on, who is huge uh, Godzilla fan. So he would he'd be able to speak more. I picked on. out a lot. <laughs> yeah, but that's on me. <laughs> ah. uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it it uh. So the Andrew Weingart, who directed the last Blair Witch movie, most recent Blair Witch movie, also VHS and some other horror movies directed this film. He said he likes to, on the movie's runtime, he likes to keep movies under two hours. He said he doesn't like, he said there's no reason for it. Because if you do a three-hour film, it's not going to be more Titans fighting. It's just going to be, you know, more character stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he just... That because I guess some people because you can't please anybody. True. <laughs> um, some people really just want them to. It's like, well, when you're gonna drop the director's cut? It's like, no, that's it, it's. I like keeping mine under two hours because after that it gets to be you know you're just filling in time if you don't need yeah. to. So there. Oh, um, for anybody that is actually waiting, there is no post credit scene. Trust me, that is the beauty. That is the one good thing of watching it at home. I was able to fast forward through the crest to see if there was one. So yeah. I kind of saw a meme before it. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess that's good to know. Yeah. But, you know, all right, cool. Because, you know, we're used to Marvel. and Yeah, so well, that, even in, that... well, even in Skull Island, teased this movie. So, oh, yeah. So you yeah. kind of get, and then King of Monsters kind of did too. So there's, you kind of get used to a certain thing so you kind of with certain franchises so you kind of wonder true but but yeah um overall it's pg-13 i i mean it's all just monsters fighting i don't see any reason i mean again my six-year-old got a little scared a couple of times but other than that she really enjoyed it york loved it at 10 i really enjoyed it it's just it's just big dumb fun yeah it's a summer movie in March or April, whichever, whenever you watched it. <laughs> so, um, definitely recommend, definitely watch. Just sit back and enjoy. Don't try and make it more than what it is. No. <laughs> otherwise, well, you pro- otherwise, you won't enjoy yourself. Yeah, because I was watching. I was like, there was a certain point where I just like, yeah, I need to like drop my, you know, drop my, my nitpickiness down a yeah. lot because... Ah, <laughs> we're just yep. using this to kind of take a break, and we'll get back to 
to what we're here for. And so they, they kind of balanced that out pretty yeah. well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Still um, think Godzilla took this, though. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Well, yeah. and I just. Points wise, anyway. Yeah, I did. I just realized this is Kyle Chandler's second King Kong movie. Because oh. he was in the Peter Jackson King Kong movie, too. <laughs> As one of the guys, uh, one of the actors. But he had like a mustache and some nonsense. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I just I forgot about that. That's actually pretty funny. Um, all right, man. Um, yeah, I'll let you go ahead and go on with your first of your other movies that you watched. All right. So, <clears throat> I finally was able to watch uh, Chaos Walking. <clears throat> that it's available on pretty much most of the streaming platforms. Uh, it was released March 3rd of 2021. Has a runtime of an hour and 49 minutes. Uh, the director was Doug Lyman. And we have it starring Daisy Ridley, Tom Holland, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, <clears throat> uh, Damian Bashir, again, pops up in this, uh, Cynthia Revo, Nick Jonas, and uh, David Oyelowo. I think I got that right. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, so basically, this is a dystopian world where there are no women and all living creatures can hear each other's thoughts. In a stream of images, words, and sound called noise. So, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so this <laughs> this yeah. is based on a book. So obviously, gotcha. okay. there's a lot. It's not some. It's, it's by the end of this, I was like, yeah, I might have to read the books. <laughs> okay. But this is Planet New World, and a village called Prentice Town, and all the men make up the population. Uh, apparently the women were killed off by the natives, so to speak. And this planet has an effect on the men where they're th- anything they think you'll hear and then uh, and some images will pop up. So like if we have a conversation and I'm later thinking about what was taking place, somebody else can just walk by and hear what I'm saying, but also see the conversation like you saying it to me. And oh, okay. it's, it's kind of it's weird. Um, but we follow Todd, played by Tom Holland, and he's not so great at hiding his noise, you know. So basically, whatever he's thinking is 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 out there for the world. Like he tries his best to to kind of get control. Like he's always just repeating his name. I am I'm Todd Hewitt. I'm Todd Hewitt. He's just repeating it over just to kind of keep whatever he's thinking out. But he just always breaks, and you know that's that's his kind of Achilles' heel. He hasn't mastered it yet. Um. <clears throat> So he has like a bit of a rivalry with the uh, mayor's son, David, played by um, uh, Mads Mikkelsen and Nick Jonas, respectively. And let's see. So the mayor kind of takes a liking to Todd. You know, he's he's, he's kind of like um, um, Peter Parker and, you know, it's kind of yeah. like that where, yeah, yeah his son is kind of resentful because he would get more respect for my dad than I do. And he doesn't like that. Right. But then we have Daisy Ridley's character, Viola, who's in a scout ship. And apparently these guys, the the men on on this planet are settlers that were previously sent there. And it's taken some time for them to send like a rescue or a stage two team. But upon entry to the atmosphere, 
um, the man on the on the ship starts being affected, and their thoughts are projecting out, and crash crash lands, and Viola's the only survivor. So Todd happens to see her sneaking out of the barn at their house and chases her to the crash site. And you now he loses sight of her, so he's like, I need to tell the mayor. So he goes back to the ta- to the village and lets him know what's going on, takes him back to the crash site. And he's saying, like, you know, I, I didn't see him. You know, he de- they've never seen a, a girl or a woman. Right. So he thinks it's a, it's a man, but the mayor is like, okay, um, like, what can you tell me? So, well, it was weird because her, 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 she had no noise or he had no noise. You know, everybody here, you right. can see her, her thought. So he automatically knew, the mayor knew, like, okay, it's a girl. So we need to find her. And so Ty starts freaking out, like, oh, it's a girl. It's a girl. Oh, my God, it's a girl. You know, just you could hear his thoughts just going crazy in his head. And so he finds her first. And, again, he freaks out. And, you know, she can see his thoughts and kind of gets freaked out and tries running away. But the mayor is able to project images to make it look like she's trapped in the fortress. You know, he pulls up wood and whatnot, like he's yeah. got her trapped. Where basically, if she had kept running, she'd been good. But because she thought she would have run into like into wood, you know, she stops and gets captured. He tries to get some information out of her, doesn't go so well, and the t- the, the town is kind of freaking out. So he goes out to to kind of calm them down, and he leaves his son in there with her. And he tells her, don't talk to her. Don't let anybody in. And he starts messing with her bag and messing with some of her equipment. And there's like a, a weapon that he sets off. And it just pretty much destroys the cabin they're in, shoots out lasers, and she runs away. And, you know, they try to find her. She ends up going back to the barn, hiding out in Todd's, Todd's bar where he lives. And he comes across her. And it, it kind of it just basically becomes where he has two dads. They kind of adopt okay. parents, and Perfect. it's kind of they kind of allude to it. They don't really go heavy on it, but you know, you know they're they're a couple. But um, it becomes about Todd taking Viola to a place to where she can contact her people so they can come and pick her up and whatnot. Um, I thought the, I like I like the movie, but I wish they could have went a little deeper into why the planet has this effect on the people and. They even show like an alien creature on there that that Todd kind of fights and but he just walks away and they don't do anything more with it. And I'm just like, okay, you got that left open. Um, we don't know why the planet doesn't affect women in the same way. It's kind of I almost kind of feel like they're just saying they just have better control of the thought. <laughs> Maybe uh, they took away their rights, women's rights. <laughs> you have no thoughts. We don't. Well. But um, I liked it. I do wish it was more. It's a lot of, it just felt kind of empty. So it's kind of making me want to read the books. So I'm, I may and end see, up doing that. Right. Fine. Get, get a better out. perspective. <laughs> yeah. So I, so I was looking at some reviews and it's mixed. Some didn't like it. Some were kind of in the middle. Some yeah. loved it. Like so I can, I can see all the points. On, yeah, no, like 23% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it's it's one of those movies that will leave you divided. It's like, yeah, I liked it, You're even right. with its challenges and whatnot, and yeah. flaws. But like, I it, I just wish it was more. Like, they they do kind of reveal some things, but it's just it's just kind of it's a lot. Why the beginning's not a whole lot of indie time. 
It probably would took three hours for them to really go deep into it. Okay. <laughs> but I don't know if anybody would have sat through it. Um, right. But I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. I, cool. doubt I, get a, I doubt I'd get a sequel. That's why I'm like, yeah, I probably just need to read the books. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe they can convert it into a 30-minute TV show. <laughs> I mean, that would probably be better. That way you can just... Yeah. Then, like a lot of more, exactly. Yeah, we wouldn't have this cast, but still, you know, if you, yeah, you don't know if it came to Apple TV Plus, you never know. You get all kinds of people. That's true. That's true. So, okay. Um, so for my first one, I watched, uh, well, not just I, Grayson and I watched, um, on Disney Plus, Flora and Ulysses. Which is based on a book, also. Okay. Uh, about a young girl who basically, I mean, it's very simple. It's the adventures of a young girl and a squirrel with superpowers. That's right, a squirrel with superpowers. <laughs> Starring Matilda Lawler as Flora, Allison Hannigan as Phyllis, Ben Schwartz as George, uh, Danny Pudi as Miller, who's uh, the who works with Animal Control. Uh, Bobby Moynihan as Stanley, spelled S-T-A-N-L-E-E. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy Robertson, Janine Garofalo, Kate Micucci. Um, and trying to see if there's any other cameos in here. So basically a young girl um, who loves comic reading comic books and her mom trying to convince her that she needs to read other books. Her mom is also a romance novelist uh, with writer's block at the moment. Her dad was her dad. George uh, is an comic book artist. However, uh, work has not been coming through so steadily. So, which has caused a strain on the marriage. So because he's not, because he's not able to help support the family, he moves out, <laughs> gets an apartment, and then goes work goes and works at essentially a Staples. To which, so that whole logic hurts my brain so much, <laughs> so much. And I know it's not the basis of the, it's not the main part of the story, but that that I really had problems with it. I'm like, if you're having fun, if if the whole problem with the marriage is that you guys are having financial problems, why would he move out to have to pay rent? And now she's paying the mortgage by herself. Yeah. My head hurts so much trying to figure that out. I'm like, it's a freaking kids movie, Jeff. Just sit and watch. <laughs> like I, like I, It hurt my brain too much to, to try and get past. I'm like, this... this I, I'm on board with this entire rest of this movie, but this whole B or C storyline could have been done differently. But again, yeah. it's based on a book, so it's going just whatever. Um, anyways, Flora befriends a squirrel that she believes has superpowers. She watches it do a couple of fancy tricks and then believes it to have superpowers. They can communicate to each other uh she can talk to it and it just kind of chirp chirp chirps or you know does some sort of way to where it can acknowledge what 
that she, that it understands what she is saying. Okay. And then she goes through and you know is talking about trying to talk about like origin stories and all those different things. And they're all Marvel characters because it's a Disney film, so they've got all kinds of you know uh, freedom to use other properties. Um, right. So, and which I think is pretty cool because you don't really don't get that um, from a lot of other movies that want to reference superheroes but can't because of of copyright and licensing, you know, drama. So, the fact that Disney puts this out, they were able to incorporate their own, you know, incorporate and promote really their own yeah their own brand and not even have to really try that hard. Um, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Take so advantage exactly, when you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. So, well, it's funny because uh, the doorbell to the house is the Star Wars Imperial Death March. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. And I didn't, I don't think I actually noticed that at first. Um, but yeah, it, this movie is super cute. It's a kid, it is a kid's movie through and through. It's not annoying to parents. So parents, other than the, the plot point, but, you know, don't focus too much on that like i did <laughs> um but yeah it's it's great um grayson loved it you know i've been trying to get her to watch that for a while and uh, so we finally sat down and watched it and she really enjoyed it it's super cute um you know danny pooty plays the animal control uh guy and he's out to try and get the squirrel that caught wreaked havoc at a donut store that she, you know, that Flora took it to. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's cute. It's fun. It's really enjoyable. I mean, it's, it'll be a fun family movie night if you wanted to watch it. Um, I don't think York probably, York probably would have thought it was okay, but would have rather watched something else. Um, right. Which is why I watched it with Grayson. Cause I know he wouldn't really be as interested in it. And that's fine because he's kind of aged out of those kind of movies, I think. Yeah. Um, but it it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, apparently, Danny Pudi, Ben Schwartz, and Bobby Moynihan and Kate Micucci have all previously worked together on Ducktales, providing the voices of Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and Webby Vanderquack, uh, respectively. And in Moynihan's first appearance in the comic book store, he can be seen wearing. Or he could be seen reading a DuckTales comic book. Yeah. All about promoting new Easter eggs. Yeah. All so, and obviously his name being Stanley was a nod to Stan Lee. So that was yeah. clever. And I didn't catch that because I just figured L E Y. So Yeah. But yeah, it's super cute. Um I would if you have if your kids haven't watched it, they'll enjoy it. Um it's and again, it's not really one of those kids' movies that's kind of annoying to adults. So it's a it'd be a good one for everybody to watch. So Flora and Ulysses. Oh, sorry, it's also got a uh, runtime of one hour thirty five minutes. Boom, sweet spot. So there you go. That's uh that's that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> so my next one. I uh, checked out Concrete Cowboy on Netflix, which came out this past Friday on April 2nd. It has a runtime of an hour and 51 minutes. Director is Ricky Staub, and it stars Idris Elba as Harp, 
You have Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things as Cole. You have Jarrell Jerome as his, uh, I guess, childhood French smush. Uh, Brian Powers as Rome. Lorraine Toussaint as Nessie. Uh, Clifford Method Man Smith. I never knew his real name until now. <laughs> I never, I never looked it up. You're like, but um, uh, <laughs> but he plays. I kind of wish, uh, wish I did. <laughs> so he plays Leroy, who's like the local law enforcement. So a teenager discovers the world of urban horseback riding when he moves in with his estranged father in North Philadelphia. So, okay. so apparently, uh, Philadelphia has a history of horse riding. Um, Fletcher Street uh, Urban Riding Club exists there now. Um, But as far as this story, so Cole lives with his mom in Detroit, and he just can't seem to stay out of trouble. His mom's always having to talk to the principal and security there saying, yeah, my son did this, but he knows better. But it's finally reached a point where she sees that he doesn't. And she's kind of reached her limits on being able to Show him right from wrong. So her last effort is, I'm just going to send you to your father because obviously what I'm doing isn't working. So let's see if he can kind of knock some sense into you. So she literally drops him off, like takes him, drives him to Philly, drops him off at his doorstep, trash bags with clothes. You know, she kind of sits in the car for a little bit. But she's like, no, nah, I got to go. And she drives off. So um, dad's supposed to be there in like five minutes, but. You know, he's knocking. No one's there. And that's when he meets Nessie, who's a neighbor from across the street. And she recognizes him and directs him to where she can he can find his dad, which is literally like a couple blocks up. And there, he's sitting with his friends around a fire, just talking and whatnot. And so he sees him, excuses himself from his friends, and then takes him home. And he has a little horse sitting at, leaving, living in the living room. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a horse named Chuck. Um, but he basically puts them on the couch. So this is where you live. It's where you're going to sleep. And, you know, Cole doesn't want to be there. He'd rather go home. But, you know, Harp's like, well, if you leave and try to come back, I want you to know that door is going to stay locked until morning. So you decide. <laughs> so he says, all right, I'll leave in the morning. So he, he basically takes off. He starts standing on the corner trying to bump people's phones so he can call his mom. But that's when he runs into his friend Smush. Who um who of course has his own car. He's into some really dirt, dirty dirty business, yeah. and so he's trying to get Cole to be a part of it. Like you know, you know, forget what they're doing. I got ideas and plans to get you know get money. If you want to be a part of it, you know, we could do this. And Smush takes him home, and his dad sees it, and he's like, "All right, let me throw your stuff out. Like if you're gonna be hanging out with him, you can't stay with me, right? You know, because he's into some stuff that I don't agree with." Um, so he ends up <clears throat> sneaking to one of the sna- stables and sleeping where one of the horses are. And Nessie spots him, and the next morning talks to him and says, you know, that horse that you were sleeping with, basically, um, it's a wild horse. Don't let, Nobody's been that close to the horse, so, you know, that's, that's your horse. You know, yeah. since you're able to keep it calm, that's your horse. Um, so his dad kind of has a heart-to-heart with him, and, you know, he's like, okay, if I need to learn horse, learn to learn how to, you know, ride horses and whatnot, I'll do that, whatever. And his dad's like, well, you got to earn that first. So he starts off shoveling horse poop. As you do. And, 
And of course, he's doing it the hard way. He's just doing like a scoop at a time and running it out to the dumpster. And then he meets a guy named Paris who teaches him a quicker way to do it by getting a wheelbarrow and shoveling up and then dumping it all together. But um, he's paralyzed in a wheelchair. And, you know, he's kind of got a tragic backstory where his, uh, him and his brother got into it um, fighting over a corner, you know. And in the process, they both got shot. Brother didn't make it. He got paralyzed. And, and he used to ride horses, but, of course, he can't now because of that. Um, it, it, it Basically, it's like a coming-of-age story where Cole is shown different sides of the coin. You know, if you're going to go this route, this is where it could possibly go. And he even learns about his dad having that kind of history also where, you know, that's why he wasn't in his life because he did. He got in trouble, went to jail or prison. And the most he was able to do for his son was name him. Right. And he, he, he really named, he named him after uh, <clears throat> uh, the musician Coltrane, John Coltrane. Yep. And so that's that's the most he was able to do was just give him his name. And um, he's just trying to t- teach him, like, you know, how you're acting is just not it's not going to lead to a good life and you need you got a chance right now to turn things around and um but there's a moment where uh they make a, a special saddle for Paris to where he can actually ride his horse and Cole kind of takes kind of he he's, he's kind of mad about it because like you know I'm your son you're not teaching me how to do this but you're teaching this person this and, you know, it's like, well, you got to learn first. You know, I can't just, because you're my son, don't mean I'm going to give you this special treatment, basically. Um, <clears throat> see, it's um, it's a well-acted movie. And you get a bit of a history of the Black Urban Cowboys in Philadelphia. And they, they still have uh, a riding club there. And basically, it's a local... <clears throat> like a local local place to kind of give teens a alternate way of right. being, living a positive yeah. life instead of violence and drugs and all right. that. Teach and, um, responsibility, right? But it's it's a good movie to watch. It was it's yeah it's well acted. It's on Netflix, so if you got Netflix, it's definitely worth checking out. Okay, yeah, I've got it on my queue. I just didn't have enough time to watch it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Cool. Um, all right. Lastly, for me, I've got uh, my teacher, the oct- or excuse me, my octopus teacher. I knew I was going to butcher that name too. Um, <laughs> my octopus teacher, nominated for best documentary for the Academy Awards. Um, it too is on available on Netflix. Um, it well, it stars an octopus, which they never actually named, which is kind of weird. But okay, um, I guess they didn't want to get they wanted to get close, just not close enough to name it. <laughs> um, and stars Craig Foster, who uh, is the filmmaker that forges an unusual friendship with an octopus living in a South African kelp forest, learning as the animal shares the mysteries of her world. This was a very educational documentary. I hadn't really thought too much about octopus or octopi or octopus, whatever, however you want to pluralize it. 
um, before, you know, just like, okay, they're kind of cool, whatever. But this shows that they are kind of protective. They kind of hide in their little mini caves that they create and that they very weary, you know, they have, I forgot how many thousands of uh, receptors on their tentacles. They're like their suction cups and everything, how they feel in that it, uh, and then that's how they basically how they feel where all their nerve endings, you know, and how they learn and, uh, and adapt and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's very fascinating to watch that. And then to watch how they eat, um, for, you know, how they can basically disguise themselves to look like, you know, either urchins or different things on the floor of the, you know, of the water and disguise themselves. And then whenever a fish or something comes around, boom, shoot right out. And they, I mean, they launch, you know, after this and it's pretty cool. And of course, you know, they chose it trying to, to get a crab or a lobster. And I'm like, that just seems awfully bony. Like how, cause you know, when you think octopus, you think about how fluid and kind of, not gelatinous because they're not jellyfish, but you know they're yeah. they're not you know bony. So it's yeah. very interesting to see them try and crush a crab with their tentacles and everything. And they've got a lot of force. It's very interesting and very um, cool to watch. And then it just shows how this one octopus befriends the filmmaker and starts kind of reaching out, kind of you know for their hand and everything. And then it shows they're like crawling up on them and you know, just chilling with them for a while. It's pretty cool. And the filmmaker's trying to... The filmmaker does the best that he can to not get involved right. when something dangerous occurs. Because um, they are these... I forgot what they called them. It's not piranha fish, piranha sharks. I can't remember. These small different kinds of sharks that can't see, but they have a really good sense of smell. Okay. So it is kind of the biggest predator for the octopus in this area. And, you know, it ends up getting into a fight with one. And so it ends up losing part of one of its tentacles. And it's wounded. And you can see the coloration kind of kind of uh, leaving. So you're wondering, if not sure if it's going to make it or not. Turns out it's able to hide and kind of recuperate. And then, you know, it shows like at the beginning, like day whatever of him doing this. And then it goes all the way up to, I want to say like three. It's between, it's like three, it's over three, it's span of three years. Or not, I'm sorry. That's how long octopus live. An octopus can live anywhere between one and three years. This takes place over the course of one year. Sorry. And, um, he ends up regrowing back his tentacle and it's healthier and more, I don't want to say friskier, but you know, more, more, uh, yeah, ready to move. So, but yeah, it's actually really cool how they shot this. It's really cool just to watch and uh, learn and then just see how well um, this octopus adapts with the filmmaker and how much the filmmaker really grows to care about this one animal yeah. and learn from that you know learn more about that species 
like as a self-defense, like knowing that fish is around, like that shark is around, mm-hmm. it started picking up urchins and rocks and different things, you know, with its suctions and then forming it into like um, a crustacean on the, on the seafloor and using it as camouflage. That's so I cool. thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's really cool and really interesting. And then when he, when the octopus seem, seems to think that it's, the shark's finally gone for, for good. You know, it drops all that, and then, boom, it darts out. Yeah. And so it can get to its, you know, its little burrow or cave, whatever. I guess it's cave, but I call it a burrow. Um, and then just stay there. It's very interesting. Um, I've seen, I don't know, it's, I guess I could see why it's nominated, because it's, you, know, you can see the bonding behind it, but it's also the education of, how important it is for us to take care of our ocean life and and uh social issues that surround that so it's pretty interesting um i would check it out i didn't really have much interest but um after watching i really enjoyed it um york and i are going to watch it together um because he was telling me he's like yeah it's like oh yeah that's cool did you know octopus are like the third smartest animal i'm like oh i know why would i know that (laughs) how do you i don't even want to know how you know that but i'm I'm glad you do. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, we'll need to explore that more. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah. So, well, yeah. It's, it, <clears throat> so, as far as the diver, did it say how, like, how far he goes into the, so, in the water? So, it's not very far. He, it's actually, so the shooting of the documentary took place right in his backyard of False Bay along the Cape Town coastline of, in South Africa. And he snorkels. So, yeah. okay. it, so like, he's deep. not wearing scuba gear. So okay. it's, very, it's shallow enough that he's snorkel, you know, snorkel diving. Okay. So we're talking, like, maybe, what, 10 feet? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, really. I'm just guessing. But, yeah, because it kind of got me thinking of this book, that book I was reading, uh, Shadow Divers, which I'm yeah. almost finished with, and... You know how the divers, they go like sometimes 150, 230 feet. And before they come up, they got to decompress to get their body used to the changing of the pressure. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll get something like the bends where it turns their blood to like goo and yeah, foam. and Yeah. So at least you don't have to go too deep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. And at the end of the film, he ends up taking his son down to, to see it. And everything so yeah okay. pretty cool so yeah definitely check that out that one's good for all ages i mean there's not really a whole lot of i mean there's no blood <laughs> but it, there is some kind of you know depends on where you're at with animals being hurt and stuff like that so yeah otherwise very nice i would you know um like so i'm gonna watch it again with york because he loves animals and i showed him the trailer and he thought he would like it also um all right so next we have trailers uh new black widow trailer so you know for when it gets released in another 10 years right i haven't Whatever. watched it yet i'm like me either it's i'm gonna hold off yeah. i'm gonna hold off i'm already gonna watch it so yeah exactly uh space jam trailer new space jam movie slash trailer um, check that out. yep and then a new non-red band suicide squad trailer um so i think it's called rebel is the name of the trailer if you're looking for it okay and then uh a new trailer for spiral the chris rock 
not a Saw movie, but kind of a Saw movie. Yeah. So, and then any one of those also dropped. So we'll have all those on the page. And that's all I got. Cool. Other than just a reminder, BAFTAs are this Sunday. So yeah. The 11th. Boom, boom, boom. I'm not even sure what's coming out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> not sure. Um, I think Mortal Kombat comes out at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, 3rd? 23rd, I think. Let's see. I just see Walking Dead just finished up this season 10 this past Sunday. So those six bonus episodes were hit or miss. Like I was saying, it was like 50-50. Three were good. Three they could have kept. Um, the last one was Here's Negan, which I like. It was just probably the, the one they probably could have just shown and been good and everything else didn't have to right. even be played. Um, kind of sets up season 11, maybe to be a more of a Negan versus Maggie type deal since she's back. And we'll see how they decide to end things because this is the last season for the main portion of Walking sure. Dead. Gotcha. Yeah. So you still got Fear and then their new Beyond World Beyond series. Uh, then Invincible still going on. They had the fourth episode release, so episode five should be coming out this week. And so far, it's a good animated comic book show. Like, cool. it's really violent. <laughs> <laughs> um, just started watching Boys, the Boys on Prime. The Boys also. So two yeah, episodes of season two. one. And I'm gonna try to get through season two. I'm thinking about starting Queen's Gambit because I haven't watched it. Yeah, but need to watch that. Um, I think I'm gonna try to watch a lot more shows, but I do I do gotta figure out what movies I'm watching this week. I got an idea for at least one. Just gotta okay. figure out the other two. Yeah, gotcha. I'm gonna be hitting through the uh, documentaries and uh, probably foreign language because uh, a lot of the documentaries are actually foreign language. I've come to find out. Um, yeah. The uh, the mole agent is actually on Hulu, so uh, that got added. And it was subtitled. I'm like, oh, well, I don't have, I don't have time to watch, you know, to be able to read it. Like, if I have it on, I'll be fine. Yeah. But if I fall asleep, I'm, yeah, I can't be reading. It's, so I'm like, I'll have to set aside that, you know, more dedicated time to watch that. Yeah. Um, Collective also is uh, subtitled, so I will watch those. But no, I need to know that I need to dedicate that time to be able to sit and. Paid yeah. that kind of attention to it. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, Another Round is on Hulu. And Crip Camp is on Netflix. So, those are the ones I want to try and get through this week. So, we'll see. And maybe a palate cleanser somewhere in there. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe something good for family. Movie night. We'll see. That's about it. All right. Well... For myself and my amazing co-host. Patrick Terry. Yeah, that's you. It's been a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, am I supposed to say something? Yeah, yeah. Of course. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group. 
Parental Advisory Movie Podcast and join in on the fun.